What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. Today, I'm joined by Cody Ringel. Our, what, what is your position at the flagship? What do we call you? Operations lead. Our operations lead at the flagship. Great job. I love that title. Um, one of the reasons why Cody is in the position that he's in is because he does a really good job not only leading other people, but helping people to lead themselves through better conversation, better language, and more intentional thought. So given that this is going to come out around the first week of the new year, we thought it would be valuable to give you some guidance on how you can start to use different language to accomplish the things that perhaps the language you were using before was holding you back from accomplishing. Uh, this can be the year. 2023 can be the year that everything that you've set out to have happen actually happens. Before I let Cody start talking about this, remember, if you find this podcast valuable, two things I would love for you to do. Give it a rating that helps us grow. And us growing means more people getting this information that you think is valuable. So that would be valuable for them. And number two, share it with a friend. Go ahead and just push the share button. Send it over to a friend. Copy link, text, whatever your your preference is. Cody, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Uh, I expect to have you on much more now that you're uh, now that we're doing this more frequently. Talk to me. What is it that you think would be valuable for people to start to think about? Especially with the new year coming around, and I imagine you've seen this and you see it frequently, right? How many people do you talk to that make a statement along the lines of "I should start doing"? Was like, that a rhetorical question or were you asking me? I'm asking you. Uh, I hear that all the time. And it's something that when I hear it uh, with a person whose trust I've earned, I, I make a correction in the moment. How do you correct it? Why haven't you done it yet? Mm. Um, what would make... A sh it depends on the person. So why haven't you done it yet? It, for the person especially who's been like, I should do this. I've been talking about it for years. Well, why haven't... What's been getting in the way that you haven't done it yet. Uh, if somebody says something along the lines of, yeah, I should do that. I'd say, well, do you think you're actually ready to do it? But like, I don't know what, like what, and now we're working through what it, what it takes for them to actually be ready. So it goes from being a, I don't know if tangential is the right word, but some nonsensical thought that's just floating out in the world to something that they're actually starting to plan. Hmm. Um, those are the two most common ways I think I would handle it. Yeah. So, Here's how I believe that words influence us, right? So words become stories. Stories create belief. Belief drives behavior. And be behavior ultimately cultivates identity. Uh, say that again slowly. So from the beginning. Words create stories. Words create stories. Stories influence belief. Stories influence belief. Belief drives behavior. Belief drives behavior. And then behavior cultivates identity. Okay, so what's a story? A story is a combination of words that we put together about whatever it is that you believe, who you are, what you, what you have to do, who you have to believe. A story could be anything, right? I've got a story about you that runs in my head internally based on the interactions that we've had. Mm -hmm. I also have a story about myself based on what I believe to be true, uh, based on my own experiences, right? So going back to the should example, Someone who says, I should do dot, dot, dot. I should start taking care of myself. I should be more healthy. I should schedule my time better. They likely are creating a story around that that says, yeah, you know, if I, if I pull the strings that I should do that, but I'm not going to, 
I'll give you an example as you as you explain it in that way that I, I experienced really, really, really uh, acutely last night. And if it weren't for some training that I had leading into last night over the last seven years, I believe I would have handled it less effectively than I did. Uh, my oldest daughter had an absolute meltdown. A, a, one that I haven't seen her have in a really, really, really long time. Mm. Uh, to the point that I felt... I was I was confused for myself. Like, am I angry? Am I concerned for her? Am I sad for her? Where are we in this? Right? And I think that if I hadn't gotten some training from a behavior analyst back in, I don't know, six years ago, five years ago, uh, I would have handled the situation very differently, and I'm glad that I didn't. But a story that a parent who perhaps hasn't had the the luxury of that, that training may think something like, I'm, my kids just don't listen to anything I say. Mm. And that's a story, right? My yep. kids just, my kids don't give a fuck what I say. Right. When that's not true, it's perhaps the exact opposite. And they give so much care to it. And you're not being as careful with your words. I'm talking to myself. Um, that they reacted in a way that you actually directed them to without mm -hmm. realizing. Yeah, they don't have the, I mean, using the child example, they don't necessarily have the experience and the function to see the nuance in well, the conversation. The reason I use a child example is I have a, an assumption that most adults are just children who got bigger. For sure. And that was, that was, that I feel whenever I listen to podcasts or, you know, neuro, neuroscientists or whoever you're going to call, when they talk about things like people stop making progress when they hit the age of 25 or they hit the age of 18, like there's no changing a person anymore. I understand why that's what they say because it's probably much more difficult to start to make change. You probably need to get to a place where change is essential for the survival of the identity that you've created for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but most of my personal development started after 30. And well if you go back to that cycle, right, that's a belief, right? That's a belief that was created by the words that, that, that created the story. The story is, well, I can't really make as much change after the age of 25. And I actually, you know, my prefrontal cortex is done developing at that point in time. So it, I'm pretty set. Right. And then you ask them what a prefrontal cortex is and they're like, uh, and they couldn't even, they couldn't even tell you where it is. Right. What's the prefront? <laughs> <laughs> I just have the front front. Right. My frontal is fine. I know where that is. Go on. So um, the words drive the stories, right? And why this becomes impactful uh, for should, as an example of a word that people use, is um, Tony Robbins talks about this, right? People who use the word should for all of the things eventually end up shooting all over themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So we become the, the should type of person, not the will or can type of person. So there's a really easy tool that I help take clients through, people through, people who are open to it, um, called the should detox. And mm -hmm. what this does is this fundamentally, it changes, if we're thinking of, the, of this in a hierarchy, right, rather than a cyclical loop, the words are the foundation. So all the person that you are started with, at some phase, starts with the words. The words that you tell yourself about who you have to be, maybe the words that somebody else told you, mm -hmm. right, about who you have to be created the story, the belief, the behavior, and then the behavior, right? The things that you do every day ultimately become, I am the type of person that does X. Mm -hmm. 
So if we look at our words, right, I'm, the, I'm a should type of person. There's these things that I should do. We analyze the should statement. Simple way to do that is write it down, right? So if you have a pen, a paper, this is something that you can do right now. And I'm going to walk you through how we can begin to make some massive change. Uh, just analyzing the words. And what if they're driving in a car right now? Is you can a- you can do this mentally. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe pause, you know, take some time to write it down later. It's a mental exercise, but I also, and I also find that actually writing these things down mm-hmm. are the most impactful way. Yeah. Because, right, it's the, um, it's the, the clip at which you remember things. It's also uh, kind of like rewrite, you know, reading what you wrote or watching yourself on tape. You can't, you can't fake that. Yeah. It's, it's a game there. film. Yeah. So we start with a simple should statement. And it can be anything that you feel like you're you're pushing should towards, right? Like, I should exercise more frequently. This would be something that I hear from clients regularly. I should prioritize my time. Pick a should statement, write it down. So we'll use the example as I should, uh, I should prioritize my time. Great. That's our example for today. Write that down. Read it out loud. And then check in with yourself. So when I say check in with yourself, I mean check in with the feels. And what I mean, what's the strongest thought, feeling, emotion, mental imagery? What comes up for you when you read that statement? I should prioritize my time. Okay. Okay. So once we've, all right, what comes up for you? Well, let's do this as an example. I want you to go through this. If I, if I was going to say I should, I have a hard time doing this mm-hmm. because I've made a really intentional point to stop doing it. If I was to think about a statement like, I should prioritize my time, what would immediately come up for me when I read it is all of the buts, Mm. all of the reasons why prioritizing my time, while it's something that I should do, is actually something that I can justify not being able to do. Yeah. So that justification of all of the things that like on a scale of one to 10, one is low and 10 is high. Mm -hmm. How big is that sense of, I could justify this away? A 10. Great. So, so, so so I'll, I'll give some, some real examples of things that like that clients have shared or that I've done in the past. Um, I really should quit my other job, Mm. but I need to make that money to pay for my X, Y, Z. And so I can't quit that other job until I've replaced it over here, but I'm not going to be able to make the money over here until I've quit my other job. So that, that's why I need, that's why I really should quit the job. But now they're in that circle. Right? Another one would be, uh, I really should eat healthier this year. Mm. But what am I supposed to do? Tell my friends I'm not going to go out with them? Tell my, tell my girlfriend, boyfriend, husband um, that we can't order dessert because I, I don't know. You know, it's hard. And yep. all of those are reasonable. Yep. And what you're attempting to do there is you're trying to use logical explanation for something that fundamental, like this is why we're checking in with the feels, right? Because what it does is these words create an emotional response within us on, on some level. So you're logicking away the emotions that you're feeling. Well, yeah, I should, but I don't really have the capacity to do that right so now. So what I'm hearing you say is kind of like uh, the the buts are. I would feel bad about, or not bad. I don't want. I don't want to place a a value on it. I would feel a certain way about saying and reading the should out loud if I said nothing else afterwards. It would be like almost like an anxiety bubble right below, right where my belly is. Um, but adding a but statement to it relieves that because like, oh, that's why you haven't done it. 
Of course that's reasonable. You're not somebody who wouldn't do something they should do. You don't have to accurately look at yourself if you can apply the justification, the but statement that comes after that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think what's interesting there, and I don't want to derail you too much, is the use of the word accurately instead of the word truthfully. We will do an entire podcast yeah, on that. Got it. Um, so we have our should statement, right? I should begin to prioritize my time. Okay. Read it out loud. Check in with the feels. Uh, for you, it's a justification. That's a 10 out of 10 when you use mm -hmm. your should statements. Great. We're going to start to tweak the language. So we're going to change the words. We're going to change should to could. So now I could begin to prioritize my time. So all there, all you need to do right now is whatever the statement you just made. Let's say you said, I should prioritize my time. You change it to, I could prioritize my time. Yes. Cool. That's it. You're changing one word. And then we follow the same process. Check in, read the statement out loud, right? Check in with the feels. What comes up for you? So going back to your should example, mm -hmm. right? Change the should to could, and then say the statement again. I could quit my other job, but I need the money from that other job to pay for all these bills like my rent. Okay. So I could quit my other job, but I need the money to pay for the bills. Mm -hmm. right. So what comes up for you when you, when we use the word could versus the word should I'm making a decision not to. Okay, great. Scale of one to 10, uh, one's low, 10's high. What's your authority or your decision-making ability now? Um, Ask that a different way. Okay. So you've changed the word, which now gives you the authority or the ability to make a change. Right. Which means I'm now, yes. Right. So you're now in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. If you had to quantify that as in one means I have no authority. To I would do put so. it now at a, at a, at a five. Okay. So we went from a 10 of justifying this away. Mm -hmm. to a five, I'm right in the middle. I have some authority to do something about this. Yep. Because the, the but statements are still strong. It's like, I could, of course I could, but like I could jump off that building, but I would die. Sure. And that's a choice I am accurately making or intentionally making to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Great. So we've checked in and the, the purpose of this is not like, it's all right answers. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for any one thought process. So whatever comes up for you is accurate for you. Okay. Next, we're going to change could to can. So I can, I can. So I can quit my second job, uh, but I need, I can't quit my second job. Yeah. You can still keep the butt, mm -hmm. right? But I can quit my second job. Okay. So in this example, what comes up for you when you say or read, I can? What I would imagine, because I, I got to be straight, I, I don't relate to this very well, um, is it feels untruthful. Mm. If it, it, it's kind of like the person who, like if I stood in front of the mirror every day and said, I am a billionaire. Everybody loves me. People think I'm amazing. The next thing I would say is you are a fraud because mm -hmm. that's how it would make me feel to, to make grand lies to myself that I know are not true. Mm. Okay. That's all fair. So the question that comes, the thing that comes up for me around that is there's two ways to use statements of affirmation. Cause that's really what you're describing right yeah. here is a statement. There's two ways to do that. It's one to reaffirm a previously held belief mm -hmm. or two to cultivate a new one. Right. So with the, I am a billionaire, mm -hmm. right? No, you're not right. right. You're intentionally lying to yourself. So how could we change the language or the words that we're using to help make that a constructive belief? Right. I think um, 
the hard thing about one like that is I don't know. Because what, what I've learned about myself is that if you asked me five, six years ago, what are you doing in five or six years? It's not what I'm doing right now. Sure. And if you ask me now, is there anything you'd rather be doing? The answer is no. Uh, and if you ask me, do you think what you're doing now is on the path to the things that you would like to be doing? I'd say yes. What that means is in five years, I'm probably doing something I never envisioned that I'd be doing on a path that I'm enjoying towards a path I think I want. So I don't know how I would change the language there to, um, to make it feel more real or more truthful. Mm. It could be something as simple as I can become. Right. And now remember with these, I look at statements of affirmation or words that we're using in the same way that I look at a vision statement. Mm -hmm. Right. So a vision is really just a vision or goals. Any goal is really just a direction rather than a destination. Okay. I think what would help me then there is I don't actually have any aspirations to be a billionaire. And so trying to think of how I would become a billionaire is something that was very difficult for me to consider. Sure. Use so, a better example. Yeah. So if instead of standing in front of a mirror and saying, I can be a billionaire, I was able to stand in front of a mirror and say something like, um, I have a, I have an outsized amount of industry influence. And therefore, um, things are moving in the direction that I believe would be more valuable for the public. Great. That's, that's something that I could say in front of a mirror and be like, that's not true today. It's something I want to be true. Yeah, that's great. And the person who does want to become a billionaire, mm -hmm. that other statement can be, can be accurate and true sure. for them. I just, all I meant by that was it's hard for me to figure out how to back into it. Cause it's really not something that I, that I, you want. I don't even think about it. Sure. Like if I had a hundred million dollars, would I really need 900 million more? I don't know. I don't have a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So going back to the whole statements of affirmation thing, I get often we'll see pushback from people on even doing this for a lot of the reasons that you've described. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, it doesn't like, it's so outside of the realm of possibility. I don't even know where I would begin. I don't know if that's something that I want. So obviously, um, look at the statements that you're creating and make sure that they're accurate for you. Right. Right. They, they gotta be things that you want to do. They want to be things that you want to create and cultivate for yourself. Which uh, means you probably, which means you should think about should, which means it's valuable to really think about them before you even say them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And look, you can start with a list of 30 and pair it, like start with all of the things. Right, the Warren Buffett rule, take, yeah. take, take 25 things, and then the five that were the closest to making it, put them in an envelope that says avoid urgently. Yeah. Avoid at all costs, whatever it is. And you might find that out of those 30 statements, like you had mentioned, two to five of them become the most true for you. Or one gets absorbed by the other and they get, they're constantly getting um, reformatted and mm -hmm. changed. That's, that's great, right? Again, going back to the goals, statements, all of these things, they're a direction and not a destination. By me saying that I want to go to California, I'm really just saying that I want to go west mm -hmm. because of what I believe I'm going to find in California. And I could find that in Colorado. I could find it in Nevada. I could find it anywhere west of the find Mississippi. find it in Montauk, bro. Could find it in Montauk. Is that west of here? No, it's east of here. That's <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I could find it anywhere, right? It just gives us a place to go. Um, 
So going back to the should detox example, our very first step is write your should statement. Right? Then we change that word should to could. Mm -hmm. Then we change the word could to can. And going back to uh, whatever's most accurate for you and there's all right answers here, you might find that could is more approachable for you right now, mm -hmm. right? When you say can, I was like, it just feels disingenuous. I'm not quite there yet. Great, stay at could, check in with yourself two weeks from now, four weeks from now and see, am I ready to progress? So what you're saying there is basically desensitize yourself to the idea that you have the agency. Yes. And okay. So we have our can statement. I can prioritize my time. Okay, great. Do the same process. Read it out loud. Check in with the feels. How does it feel for you? So we had used the I can statement, checked in. It started to change the way, the thing that came up for me, the, the emotion, the imagery, whatever came up. Right. So now we have a statement of I can be a little bit more proactive about this. I can do something about this. I have agency and authority. Right? I went from should where meh, to can. OK, still, it was only about a five for you. Mm -hmm. OK, so we're going to do we're going to supercharge this with a single word and then something that comes after that. So the word that we're going to use is the word because I knew it. I knew it. Do you remember the study? Yeah. And I used this with my daughter last night when she flipped out. Did you? Yeah. Did I didn't tell her about the study. Sure. Um, what I explained to my daughter last night was the when we finally got to the root of it, about an hour after it started, because I was like, I'm going to sit in this room with you until you're ready to discuss it and I'm on your team. Uh, the long story short is she had told a bunch of adults that she did not want to do something. She said no. She didn't say why. Hmm. And so... It was about putting on a sweater that had a tag on the back of the sweater, a tag. I don't know what it actually was. It wasn't a real tag because it doesn't come off. It was sewn on. She thought the tag made her look silly. And she did not want to wear that sweater to school because she felt like she would look silly wearing that sweater to school. So when people said, put the sweater on, come on, put the sweater on for a picture, she said no. She didn't tell anybody why she didn't want to put the sweater on. And so everyone kept on trying to tell her how good it looked on her. It would be so cute. We would love it for a picture. We think you would love it. It's so comfortable. It's so cozy. Nobody knew. She didn't think she thought it was silly. Hmm. Nobody knew. And so I explained to her when we got there, I said, if you had said, I don't want to wear this sweater because this thing on the back of it looks silly. And I will feel like I look silly if I wear it. Everybody would have had to have accepted that your feelings about that are not within our ability to change. And then we have to leave you be and accept it. Uh, and to her credit, she got it. Um, she even said to me, I, I, I should probably apologize to mommy. I was mm. like, that would be really cool. Mommy would really appreciate that. And then explained to her what happened. And then this morning mom said something to her about why we're not going to do something without explaining why. And she said to mom, you should say because and tell me why. I'm like, damn, girlfriend, good job. That's great. Yes. So that was a long answer to your short question. That was a good answer. Mm -hmm. um, because is one of the, and we can talk more about this in future episodes, it's one of those magic words, mm -hmm. right? Because what because does for people is it, it really begins to, to your point, explain. It, in, it gets people to um, look at it and be like, oh, this is why it's important to me. It's rational. Yes. So um, the study that I was talking about, we'll d 
I'll tell you really briefly, there was a, I forget the, the doctor Copy machine. Yes. I forget the doctor that did it, but it was, it was highlighted in a book called influence by, um, Robert Caldini. And in the, in the study, what had happened was, um, a lady from the back of the line in a copy machine in an office setting, back of the line, went to the front of the line and said, Hey, can I make, can I cut in front of you to make some copies? This is before they could make copies very easily or email or anything like that. Yep. Can I cut in front of you to make some copies? 60% of the time people let her cut in front of her or cut in front of them to make the Mm -hmm. copies. Then she added the word because, and the reasoning why. She said, hey, can I cut in front of you to make some copies? Because if I do, my boss will get off my ass. Can I cut in front of you to make some copies? Because if I do, I can make it to my kid's soccer game. Mm-hmm. 94% of the time, people allowed her to cut. So we have a 34% increase in getting shit done just mm-hmm. by using the word because. Now, the really crazy part about this is when she added the word because and mirrored the statement. So can I cut in front of you to make some copies because I need to make some copies? It worked 93% of the time. There was only a 1% decrease in its efficacy and a 33% increase in not using a because statement at all. Aggregate increase, more than 50%. Yeah. On the relative. It is a, one of the most powerful words that you can use if you're trying to influence mm-hmm. yourself or other people, right? Because they want to know why. Mm-hmm. So when we're using this should detox, it is, I need to, or excuse me, I can prioritize my time because dot, dot, dot. And you fill in the dot, dot, dot. Why is this important to you? Because if I do this, I can create a better life for myself. Mm -hmm. I can get more accomplished. I can have more free time with my family, whatever that is. And then that's the statement that we write again, check in with the feels scale of one to 10, one's low, 10's high. How big is it for you? And then you continue to expose yourself to that statement, especially in the times where you feel like you're deprioritizing or you're moving backwards, Mm -hmm. right? I'm deprioritizing my time. All right, I can reprioritize my time because if I do, I'll have more quality time with my family. Right. Now it's not about the time. It's about your family. Mm-hmm. So that's a simple exercise, a relatively simple exercise. The four steps are first, you write the should statement, change should to could is step two, could to can is step three, and then can plus because is step number four. You can use this for yourself. You can introduce clients to it. I shared this with the ALPs on one of the group calls and they already are taking it and doing it with their clients Mm -hmm. and they're telling me how impactful it is. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I hope this podcast was valuable for you. We're trying to bring you more and more of this kind of content. And when I say trying, uh, Cody didn't, but he should have rolled his eyes at me. We are bringing you more of this content on a regular basis in 2023. Please feel free to send me a DM at Dr. Sean Pestuch on Instagram or Cody at what are you at coach Cody Ringle? on Instagram and let us know if there are topics that you would like us to cover as it pertains to language, self-belief, thoughts, uh, vision, and we will get to recording those podcasts. Remember, if you found the show valuable, send it to a friend, throw us a rating. It goes a huge way to help us grow and us growing is good for you. It's good for us. It's good for the people who are going to see it in the future. Have an awesome day. Turn pro.